This morning we're going to do something um, very end of the year as 2019 wraps up. Businesses are taking stock as the year ends. How did the year go? What's the outlook for the year ahead? What have we gained and lost? What are the goals that we can set for 2020? This is just a natural thing for us to do, especially in our culture. And so I want to do something similar together as a church this morning. But for us, taking stock will have a very specific intent behind it. We're going to address two very basic questions and we're going to see what the past year has contributed to answering those questions. Now as followers of Jesus, I think this is a useful and meaningful practice for us. It has been for me as I prepared this message and and I didn't have the idea of doing this until I started to look back over the year and and I felt the immense sense of encouragement that came with it. I was simply looking back at the year, but as I did, I I felt this deep sense of accomplishment, not in what I've done, but in what God has said to us, in what God has done throughout 2019. So let's take stock together. And, And why would we do this? Well, let me show you what I've been contemplating. I believe that we are an easily influenced people as a whole. Culturally, we are the target of a massive number of influences. There are many, many voices speaking into our lives. There are many, many images entering our minds through our eyes. There are seen and unseen forces shaping who we are and how we see ourselves. Every one of us is vulnerable to those forces. How can we not be? None of us walks around with a force field protecting us. I mean, it would be awesome to have one of those force fields, but we don't have them yet. So we make our way through each day exposed to those seen and unseen forces and unable to avoid the impact that they have on us. Because of this reality, our minds and hearts are shaped in part by our surroundings and our circumstances. What we see, hear, and experience shapes the way that we view life and ourselves. In many ways, our identity is shaped by our surroundings. Our circumstances create in us a specific way of seeing the world and seeing ourselves. Our identity is at least partially, often substantially, formed by what we see, hear, and experience. Now, if you think about it, it's easy to identify the influences that have shaped your life over the past year. You've experienced a lot. Each day brings new experiences, seemingly insignificant circumstances, and big events all contribute to this. You've seen things, you've heard things, sometimes intentionally, sometimes accidentally, but all of it has impacted you. I think about just one day in our year in 2019 and the impact that it had on us. Uh, It was back in early September. Two boys starting high school, one boy starting middle school. That does something to a parent, something disturbing. It shaped us, it influenced us, but there were bigger things that happened and there were smaller things as well and all of it had an impact on us. 
Now think back on your own year if you're not already doing that. Whether you plan them or not, you were influenced by the things that happened to you and around you in 2019. Whether you were aware of it or not, you were influenced by the things that happened to you and around you in 2019. Okay, but why talk about this? These things are going to happen whether we plan them or not. Experiences, sights, sounds, whatever just happen to us. Now, one of the things that we need to be aware of as followers of Jesus is simply related to who we are. We're followers of Jesus. When Jesus walked among us, he invited the people he encountered to follow him. Remember that? He called his disciples to follow him. Eventually, he called you and me to follow him. That's a very intentional thing for us to do. Following is a verb. It's an action. And hopefully this is something that we're increasing in our lives. In the midst of all these influences that come at us, whether we want them or not, we are still intentionally following Jesus. And in the act of following Jesus, we're choosing to be influenced by Him. That's not something that we can always do. We don't always get to choose our influences. But in this case, we definitely do. We choose to be influenced by Jesus, by his words, by what we see and hear and read. In John chapter 10, verse 3, we see the words, the sheep hear his voice. This is a great picture of our reality as followers of Jesus. As Jesus' sheep, we hear his voice, and as John goes on to write, the sheep follow him. This is where my job as your pastor comes into play. It is my desire, week in and week out, to help you keep your eyes on the shepherd, your ears on his voice, and your feet following his steps. I take great pleasure when I hear of how Jesus has influenced you, how he has shaped you and impacted your identity. And so this morning I want to share with you what I saw as I looked back on 2019 and took stock of where we've been what we've seen, what we've heard, and how Jesus has influenced us in the realm of shaping and determining our identity as his followers, as his sheep. Now, I dug up my preaching schedule from back in January to see where I was at when we started 2019, and interestingly, we started the year in John 10, right in the middle of our study of the book of John. I just referenced John 10 early in the chapter where Jesus speaks about the sheep hearing his voice and following him. Um, funny how it all connects. How did we hear his voice this year? What did Jesus say to us? How did his words impact us? How were we shaped by those words? Now, I could stand to do this personally on a regular basis more than once a year, given the magnitude of the impact that the influences around us have on us, this could help me keep the most important influence in my life in front of me more intentionally. So come with me on this. Take stock with me. You were here. This influence happened to you, not just to me. This is what Jesus did to impact our identity in 2019. This is not a small thing. Okay, but what specifically will we take stock of as we look back on the past year? 
I had a specific direction in mind as I did this review of the year. It has to do with identity. I think one of the most significant issues facing our culture and our world right now is the identity crisis that we find ourselves in. I personally believe that God's enemy has made this his primary form of attack since Adam and Eve. God created us with an identity, but from the start, we, God's creation, have been tempted and led astray and lied to and deceived over and over and over and over when it comes to our identity. Adam and Eve were told that they could be like God, as if Satan could offer them something better than being created in the image of God. He told them that they could carry out the role of determining right and wrong themselves. There's a familiar problem. This is a critical deception facing our culture right now. We're being lied to about right and wrong and who determines it. But throughout history, the human race has been lied to and identity is right at the center of the lies. The world doesn't tell us that we're sheep with full access to the great shepherd's care and wisdom and provision and presence We're told that we can take care of ourselves and that we can create the best possible version of ourselves. And off we go, feeling our way through the darkness, uncertain and guessing at everything we encounter that has the potential to influence our identity. This morning we'll spend some time in the light, in the light of God's truth, the truth about our identity. Now if you're fairly new with us or maybe you're even here for the first time in 2019, don't worry about that. You will still be able to say that this is what God showed you about your identity in 2019. Now, it may have all come in one day, but it still counts for 2019. Besides which, even I had to look back to see what it was that I chose to hear and see and experience. I couldn't remember it all. Once again, I'm going to use two words that you've heard me speak many times. Those two words are significance and security. These are two very basic human needs that we were wired with. We were created with a need for significance. We were created with a need for security. Significance speaks to who we are, what makes up our identity. But our identity goes beyond just an individualistic look at who we are. We're also defined by where we belong. I need to know that I have value. I get my sense of identity from that. I also need to know where I belong. I get my sense of identity from that as well. Thankfully, the Bible is loaded with words and images and stories that speak to these basic human needs. It's one of the many reasons that we will continue to put the Bible front and center for us as a church. How could I ever create messages that offer more than what we've been given in the Bible? It's just not possible. So let's back up to where we've been in the Bible this year. The first part of this taking stock will address the question, who am I? And then we'll tackle the question of where we belong. But we've covered both in the past 12 months. And these answers are filled with hope. Who am I? Well, according to Jesus, I am worthy. 
And you may share this particular struggle with me. I lose sight often of the truth about my worth. I'll wake up many mornings or in the middle of the night and fight with the thought that I have very little value in this world. I don't see my significance. I don't see anything but my failure and my shortcomings at times. So here's what Jesus told me during the first five months or so of 2019. And for those of you who are note takers, I'm going to warn you, you won't be able to keep up with what's about to happen. If you want the list that I'm going to give you for the rest of this message, just come and see me and I'll, I'll print it up for you. I'll give you this list. It is tremendous. Because according to John 10, I am worth Jesus coming to rescue me and give me abundant life. Also in John 10, Jesus tells me that I am worth offering eternal life that goes far beyond the one that I'm living right now. In John 12, Jesus tells me I am worthy to be led by him out of the darkness of life without God and into his glorious light. In John 13, Jesus sees me as someone who is worthy enough for him to wash my feet. In John 14, Jesus promises me that I am worthy of having him prepare a place for me in his kingdom in heaven. Then Jesus promises me that I'm worth coming back for one day. He'll come and take me to be with him. He also lets me know that I am worthy of his father's love. God sees our worth And in John 14, Jesus reminds me that I am worthy of hearing God's words, of being spoken, of him speaking to me and for me, those words. One more time from John 14, I am told that I am worthy of receiving God's spirit, his presence closer to me than he's ever been. Then we move to John 15 where I'm told that I am worthy to abide, to stay in God's presence. Jesus says that I am worthy to be pruned, to be shaped, influenced by God as I remain in his presence. I am worthy, according to Jesus in John 15, to receive God's joy, a joy that far surpasses my own. Jesus says that I am worthy to be called a friend of his. How's that for an identity? A friend of Jesus. John 15 shows me that I am worthy to be chosen and appointed by God to be part of his plan. John 16 tells me that I am worthy to receive God's peace. John 17 tells me that I am worthy to be prayed for by Jesus, which he is still doing even right in this moment. In that prayer, Jesus is praying that I will know God as he knows God. He also asks that I will become one with him and the Father. He tells me I am worthy to be close enough to my creator to be one with him. And in Jesus' prayer, he shows me that I am worthy to be protected, sanctified, consecrated, and sent by him and his Father. Then we walked through the last days of Jesus in our look at the book of John, and we saw the reality of our worth. Jesus sees us as people worth dying for. But not only did he die for me, he conquered death for me, and he raised himself from that grave.
Jesus forgave me in spite of the penalty that he had to pay on my behalf for all that I had done, he forgave me. Following his resurrection, Jesus showed me that I am worth restoring as if that forgiveness wasn't enough. And then as the book of John revealed, I am worth using to further the mission of Jesus' kingdom. Who am I? I am a person of great, great worth. God sees my worth clearly and fully. His perspective is the one that I should be seeking. In a few months of looking into the book of John, my identity came through clearly. In the midst of an onslaught of influences during that period of time, there was that still small voice speaking truth to us. God spoke to us of who we are. He let us know how valuable we are to him. He showed us our worth in the words and actions of Jesus. So as you take stock of the past year, don't overlook this. You and I have been reminded of some truth about our significance. We are worthy. We are worthy of God sending his son to identify with us, to show us the way, to die for us and to lead us into eternal life. This world's influence in our lives could never, ever come close to matching this. It also can't change it. What God says is truth. This is who we are. We are people created in God's image of great worth. And this year we were reminded of that worth over and over again. The battle remains in my head. I will struggle to see my worth sometimes. But I have been given a place to go to be reminded of who I am. I can rest and remain in that place of truth. And so can you. You are worthy of God and all that he has to offer. Rest in him and in the identity that he has for you. This past summer, we spent some time deconstructing some of the perception that we have of life. We looked at what the Bible has to say about things like dominion, love, compassion, success, failure, security, poverty, outreach, joy, and even ourselves. Do any of these things shape our identity? Of course they do. Our perspective on these things influences the way that we view things like who we are and where we belong. We're learning to see things through the lens of the Bible. That lens helps us see truth. That lens helps us manage our influences so that those influences are having the effect on our identity that they should be having. Then we began our series on the kingdom. As we introduced the vision that God gave us as a church, we set our sights on discovering God's kingdom. We've committed ourselves to moving this generation from culture to kingdom. That means that we need to know what this kingdom is. This speaks directly to our identity. Where do people who have been declared worthy by God belong? Who and what are they associated with? Where do they choose to be in order to be influenced by that place? Who do they choose to walk with through life? Who do they serve with? 
Who do they serve together? We're learning to invite the influence of God's kingdom in our lives. We're learning to submit and surrender as subjects of this kingdom. We've seen that this kingdom has infinite value. It's worth giving up everything to be a part of. This, this is where we belong. We belong in a kingdom where lives have an impact. It's a kingdom that produces a harvest through us, sometimes 30-fold, sometimes 60-fold, sometimes 100-fold. This is where we belong. We belong in a kingdom that invades and influences every aspect of our lives, that speaks to every dimension of who we are and transforms every part of us to its image. This is where we belong. We belong in a kingdom that sought us out and captured us with its power and its mission. This is where we belong. We belong in a kingdom that provides power to its subjects every moment of every day. This is where we belong. We belong in a kingdom that has something to offer this world. We're part of the hope, part of the solution to what this world is facing. This is where we belong. We belong in a kingdom that is ruled by an unlikely king who came in an unlikely way and called unlikely people to follow him. This is where we belong. Brothers and sisters, as we look back over 2019 and see all that God showed us, there's something that we cannot deny. God has shown us that you and I have an identity, one of immense value, and we have a community. We have significance and we have security. We have value and we have a place of belonging We are children of God and subjects of his kingdom. We have eternal significance regardless of our earthly value. We have eternal security regardless of the uncertainty of this world. This is what we have as we take stock of 2019 and all that we saw, heard, and experienced. We have an identity We are declared by God to be worthy. We are declared by God to belong. So church, take stock of these things as you look back and as you look ahead. Our great shepherd has been very good in providing for us. Let his faithfulness and his truth carry you into 2020. You are a kingdom citizen of great worth, a person who belongs in God's family. So may the next year also be filled with reminders of who you are and where you belong. I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come now and the worship team as well as we close our time together in worship once again. And as they come, will you pray with me? Father, how good it would be for us to take inventory every once in a while and remind ourselves of all that you offer us. 
And as we look back over 2019, I just want to say on behalf of this church, thank you, Great Shepherd, for providing so well for us, for giving us your truth, for letting us know how valuable we are to you, that you considered us worthy of sending your only son to die for us and to bring us new life. Thank you for the reality that you have provided for us a place of belonging, belonging in your kingdom, expressed through belonging in this community, this church family. God, you are so generous to us. Thank you for taking us from who we were and the state that we were born in, for, for looking at us with compassion and love and for sending your son to give us a new identity and then for putting us together as a representation of your kingdom. Father, help us to look back. Help us to learn to to take stock of all that we have, all that you've said. You have been so good to us. I praise you now, Lord, for taking us from that place of, of being slaves to this place of being your children, your church, your subjects, your beloved. We thank you for this in the name of the one who made it possible, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.